Welcome to OpTech Insights, where we talk operational excellence, the nerdy tech stuff that drives business, makes workforces effective, and keeps supply chains moving. It might not be sexy, but it sure as hell matters. Your host is Todd Greenwald, third coast surfer by weekend and supply chain tech wizard during the week. With guests and content from every industry, get ready for insights that could transform your operations. It's OpTech Insights. Welcome to OpTech Insights. This is your host, Todd, and today... I am joined by Honeywell's very own Emil. Man, Emil, what's up, man? How you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Thanks, Todd. Uh, pleasure to be here with you guys. Well, awesome, man. I also brought in Andy Rehm for my team, who focuses on network and cybersecurity and IoT best practices. So looking forward to jumping with you. You know, one thing to talk about security is the best Usually practice is focused on a team approach and the partnership ecosystem that you have is very strong. We can kind of walk through that a little bit today, since I know there's a lot of emphasis on ensuring a secure platform within the Honeywell environment of technology. Sure, Todd. Yeah, so I I, I definitely want to reiterate one thing that you said, which is that nowadays, really in cybersecurity, it's a team effort. It's, It's not one company that has the solution or the expertise around everything when it comes to this field. It really must be a combination of multiple parties working um, with each other. It's it's Honeywell as an as an OEM provider working with, with our customers, with our partners, as well as with our suppliers to ensure that we have security end-to-end in a product offering. We want to look at the supply chain from both a software perspective as well as from a hardware perspective. We've seen uh, really that's that's becoming critical nowadays. But it's also about once that product is in the customer's hands, how they use that product and and really that they have kind of the, the best practices that, that we've learned from all of our customers. And, and we share that body of knowledge between all of the parties involved. I think it's really critical that in today's landscape around product security and, and around cybersecurity overall, that these things are end-to-end, you know, multi-layered approach to to security. So you've been in cybersecurity for a long time. I think it's been probably uh, four or five years you've been at Honeywell, right? But yep. I know you were at IBM for a number of years and you've been focused in this space and in, in this productivity products solutions that Honeywell provides in this mobile technology, the AIDC kind of space. There's got to be some differences, I guess. And the other thing is obviously it's complex with the environments at times to manage things and, and control things. But how do you kind of see what you're working on lately at Honeywell and, and what you're trying to get towards you know, when I when I first joined Honeywell, really my focus was on on stuff that was really cloud native, uh, a lot of a lot of software, and then I, I as I transitioned over to the AIDC field and and productivity products, obviously one of the first things that you see is that as you speak to business partners, as you speak to customers in this specific vertical, you find the unique challenges of being in this space. Are, are very much different than the stuff that you know the the software guys, the the Amazon, the Google uh, guys are dealing with 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 cloud native and and software. And you and you start looking at certain things that are different. For example, these devices being out there for a lengthy period of time. You, you really want to take the approach that 
security has to be built into these products from the very beginning. Right. And it has to be something that that will evolve as a as a product and as a solution as the customer has that product out in in their in their facilities, right? Yeah. So for example, one of the things that that we really want to pay attention to is I oftentimes hear, you know, look, our products oftentimes the the hardware will outlast the software, right? So that's why one of the things that that Honeywell, when it comes to AIDC devices, has really taken the approach of we want to make sure that these devices will be out there for for a long time and and that the software that's in them, we are able to provide as much of a support for them as we can, and that they continuously evolve their their software and their operating system. You know, I know there's the evolution of technology and digitization of, of all we're doing. It's uh, a different space even than a couple of years ago. And by that, I mean, within the four walls, even the infrastructure you had to protect yourself when you get into the attack vectors and how the bad guy tracks you down and, and does the things that we don't want him to do, that's where it's it's become tactical sport, if you want to call it that. Maybe you can explain the examples that that kind of surface. Well, how do we how do we be smarter? How do we be ready? And who do I partner with to help me? Yeah, that's right, Todd. And and two things that I want to that what I want to reiterate around that one. Absolutely, the four walls are not offering the type of protections that they once did, and our, our world has greatly evolved. Examples include large corporations that have strong cybersecurity defenses, yet were caught off guard by unconventional, unconventional threat uh, vectors. There was recently a case of a of a major U.S. retailer where one of their contractors, a, a company providing HVAC services. We're doing a remote monitoring and, and maintenance. Attackers uh, use the vulnerability in the software used by the HVAC system to gain access to the to the main corporate uh, network of the retailer, which resulted in large data breaches with uh, major financial consequences. One thing that, that we've started seeing a lot recently is that suppliers are often asking their partners to, to ensure that they have the right kind of protections built into their infrastructure. Because one of the things that the, the regulatory framework that's changing now is asking uh, these businesses, hey, we want to make sure that you have the proper protections in place. And before we will do business with you, we want to certify that, ha- that you have those protections in place. So these, you know, I don't want to say antiquated, but these older devices that have outdated operating systems out there and they really are not supported anymore, like in the case of Microsoft, can become a liability for that company when it comes to their customers and their suppliers saying, well, you did not take proper care and you did not do your due diligence when it comes to those devices that have been out there for 10 years. And they became a vector of attack against us or against our um, suppliers and customers. We think, I think, traditionally about wired and wireless attacks, and we think like Wi-Fi is one of those attack vectors. Are there other wireless attack vectors? Are there things that we would may assume are secure or don't think about that are also a potential risk? Yeah, so those are those are called side channel attacks, and side channel attacks are are often things that you know we we normally don't think that attackers would would do it this way, and then all of a sudden we see, 
hey, somebody used the fingerprint of, of a computer's power supply, you know, to attack things where we thought that they'll never get in this way, or even the sound of a keyboard clicking. Recently, Bluetooth, right, with, with Blueborn, we, we never really thought, you know, we have to secure a Bluetooth from an internal attackers. Oftentimes, organizations will look at the perimeter of the network and they'll say, as long as I secure that perimeter or as long as I secure people are attacking me from the outside, I really don't have to worry about what's going on either with delivery drivers coming to my facility or uh, to somebody internally that's that's being an either intentional or or. Um, unintentional attack vector, right? And uh, one of the best examples that I always give to my customers is is with Blueborn, where uh, somebody comes in, they they have an infected device, they don't know that that device is is infected by malware, and all of a sudden, because your devices that that are running Bluetooth were not patched up, they become a, a possible vector of attack to to spread malware throughout your organization. Literally, someone from the outside with an infected device that's not on the network at all in the traditional sense, like Wi-Fi could leap over or, or bridge that gap into a, another Bluetooth device that is on the network? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, that's right. So one of the greatest examples is, is that somebody coming into a bank with an infected phone, and as long as that infected phone finds another vulnerable Bluetooth device, they start propagating that malware from one device to the other. And then that the the attack vector that they use, whether whether they whether they ask for money through ransomware or whether they they stay out there for a year and just sniff your your corporate data to see what they could do with that data is it, you know it's really about the value of how do you protect what your most critical assets and what your most critical information is and and I think as the evolution of of our world where we become so much more of a software-based economy and a software-based world comes through, you you see that there's so much more value to the data that you, you were once generating where you thought before, well, you know, really that doesn't matter to me. So, uh, Mio, is it still the large, big-name companies that are the, the targets of uh, some of these bad actors or you know, what, what does that landscape look like these days? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked. It's it's not just the, the names that we see in the news anymore. Those are the ones that uh, make it into the news because they are the big names. What what we found is that savvy threat actors from a- anything from a, a small attacker to a, a sophisticated uh, corporation that that wants to attack a, a supply chain or a sophisticated nation state that wants to attack a, a supply chain. The easiest way is to is to to target a, a larger organization is to go for for a smaller one. These are called supply chain attacks, and they seek to do damage to a larger organization by targeting an SMB. The Internet Security Threat Report from Symantec found that in 2019, there was a 78% increase in this type of attack, and in, in 2018, the Data Security Risk Third-Party Ecosystem Study by... Uh, Phenomenon Institute found that 61% of uh, professionals across the United States uh, had experienced a third-party data breach from from one of their outside suppliers or one of their customers. Uh, attacks of this of this kind are accelerating and are both 
small and large organizations are, are holding each other responsible for, for these for these cybersecurity events more and more often. Well, I never really thought because of how we're all connected uh, in a business like B2B world, right? So supply chain to maybe a manufacturer and so forth, but, but it's a contact sport uh, working together, you know, and I, I'm just surprised. Yeah, and especially now with COVID, right, Todd? I mean, especially, you know, there's there's a lot more of these because there's more people working from home and, yeah. and because these attackers are also finding that it's, you know, as more of our supply chain and as more of our economy moves towards, uh, you know, transport and logistics being so critical to our economy, right. they know that, you know, uh, that's where the money is flowing and that's where a, a roadblock or a bottleneck that they may introduce can have repercussions throughout an entire industry or throughout an entire economy. And, and because these things are so much more valuable, that's where attackers are going to head to next. A couple of years ago, it was healthcare and hospitals because they had to pay out. But now as, as more of our logistics and, and economy are moving to these industries, that's where the money is flowing. That's where the attackers are going to go as well. Yeah. So now that we've kind of sufficiently concerned our viewers or listeners and, and maybe scared everybody a little bit, what are some tips on what actions they can take to improve their security posture? Gardner came up with a with a great new concept in, in cybersecurity that they've aptly named CARE. And, it, and CARE stands for, you know, how, how consistent are our controls that we have in place? Are they adequate for the business need that we have? We, we definitely don't want to spend $100,000 to protect a, a $1 bill. A stands for, are, are they adequate for what, what we need? R is how reasonable and, and fair are, are the controls that we have in place? Is it something that we're, we're asking a user to jump through 10 hoops just to get a agreement page done or, or something where they need to uh, do a price check? And, and finally, how effective um, are, they, are these controls in, in getting the desired results? Definitely for Honeywell, the first line of defense looks at the, the issues in cybersecurity with a, with a white lens, and we really believe in a layered uh, defense approach. First, it's all about asset visibility to know what devices you have and where they are. And this is where our operational intelligence pl uh, platform comes into play that you heard about in a, in a previous uh, podcast. Visibility is crucial as most ransomware and attacks happen when people lose track of their assets. We've seen that in, in multiple cases with uh, both small and large organizations that because they didn't, they didn't know about those assets being out there in the field anymore, attackers were able to use them as entry points. Secondly, as in the case of mobility edge devices, we've taken a, a different strategy than our competitors, and we have chosen to go with a system on board strategy, which allows our customers to patch once, upgrade faster, easier, and much more painlessly. You will hear more about that in, in one of the nights podcasts that Todd has in line with one of my colleagues, Stan Zewicki. Yeah. And, and third, we believe that staying up to date with the latest security features added into the OS will give our customers the upper hand as they will inherit the best practices from technology leaders like, like Honeywell and, and Google. And this will keep our, our customers 
ahead of their closest competitor. And as we all know, when, when the bear attacks, you just have to be in front of the guy next to you. Uh, <laughs> and, and finally, it, it's our methodology and our program for baking the um, security into the products that, that really gives us the upper edge and across our entire portfolio that is essential. You know, I was thinking, would it be uh, maybe a good idea to talk about some examples of how you're working with customers with your philosophy of securing their environments and um, kind of talking through what you like to share with them about best practices and and how they go about. Yeah, so Honeywell really believes that that staying up to date with the latest uh, features updates is, is critical to our customers. And, and the reason why is because there are always new features introduced to the operating system where customers really need to be able to take advantage of them. So one of the features recently that I can mention is uh, encrypted DNS uh, queries, where when the device goes out to your endpoint, there's, there's the possibility of something called DNS spoofing attacks, where an attacker will spoof that DNS and point that device to a different endpoint. Once you're able to take advantage of these features, and because the device manufacturer provides this latest OS built to you, you're able to take advantage of these things to give your endpoints and to give your devices a lot more built-in security natively that you may not have been able to use in the past. You know, I remember something from the past summer that you guys responded to very quickly, and it has to do with the architecture that Honeywell established some years ago like the SOM platform, right? So, but I was wondering if you could maybe talk about that example or, or examples of how you work together. I know you're working with partners quickly in these situations. Talked about earlier about the team approach, right? And how you work together with with others outside of you and Honeywell together with your team. But it might be nice to cover like what's unique about that platform and, and how you guys are solving things so quickly in the event that there's like a threat or something that happened. Absolutely, Todd. I, I think that's a, that's a great point. Achilles came out against uh, Qualcomm Snapdragon processors. And we're, we're definitely having to, as an industry, we're having to respond fast and we're having to respond, you know, across the board, which in, in our case, because we took this system on module strategy, for us, it's a lot easier to be able to patch uh, one SOM with one architecture, with one type of, of radio and Bluetooth built in, whereas you know some of our competitors and some of the other companies out there are having to maybe patch these different chipsets and, and these different radio modules and these different Bluetooth modules. And it's oftentimes hard for customers and it's oftentimes hard for anybody in our, in our industry to say, well, these group of devices need to be patched and this other group of devices are okay. Oftentimes, it takes a lot of man hours and a lot of headache uh, trying to sort out which devices fall into which group. I, I would also reemphasize one of the things that we're seeing is, and I can advise our customers now, uh, definitely your, your second line of defense is whitelisting your applications and trusted assets within your organization. Make sure you only allow users access to the assets you trust mm -hmm. and only to the software that they need to get their workflow and their jobs done. It, right. It's critical, especially after this uh, latest Achilles things that we just spoke about, that your customers take this posture uh, seriously. Well, well, I was going to elaborate a little bit. You know, one thing that I can attest to is Honeywell's committed to ensuring this secure environments. And there's a major investment in what you guys have put forth. But there's also a lot of time that you spend with 
giving, uh, knowledge transfer, and and sharing of best practices that I would encourage customers of Honeywell to leverage because you guys have a, a large team focused on just doing this. You know, it, the last thing you want to get involved with is situations where there's a breach because of a mobile device that hasn't been secured. And it's a testament to Honeywell to be educated as a customer can ensure a secure environment. You're definitely on the right path. And I think, you know, that's that speaks power to to how our relationship as as Honeywell and as Heartland has evolved to where we can say we come with the same vernacular, with the same level of, of maturity and speak around not just the, the processes and the tools, but also the people, right? Because that's also the, the biggest and, and the most challenging thing to to evolve with, right, is the, is the right mentality and the people. And I, I think you've really nailed it. You know, I always kind of like to say, well, we're all stronger together. And that's where our, the businesses that lean on Honeywell, that lean on companies like Heartland, that's where I think there's benefit in using all these subject matter experts because we're all working together in solving the issues. So, you know, ultimately that their business is being more productive. That's what our goal is. We want them to be productive, effective. We need them to be safe. They need to be secure. When they're not secure, they're putting maybe even their own customers in jeopardy as well for situations like you talked about earlier where, you know, exposing vulnerabilities to to certain data or financial information or whatever it might be. But what Honeywell and what your team is doing is like, it's really important. Well, and I'll add one more thing, Todd. And I think that that's where you guys can can cross and, and for us as well, can cross the threshold become, between being consultants with our customers and being trusted advisors to say, look, we, we have, we come here with your best interest at heart and we come here not to, to make you spend money, but to, but to put in the right controls and the right security for your environment and for your business. That's the, that's the right control in place. So with the world of IT and OT converging, Emil, and, you know, like the whole quest to enable traditional workforces to be digitally connected. How are the complexities of a much more larger Sentinel kind of ecosystem influencing cybersecurity these days? In, in contrast to the traditional world of IT, patching is, is really has become the last line of defense in the world of operational technology. Okay. This is due to the fact that IoT and OT devices in this era will constantly be under attack. And and they'll they'll kind of always need to be updated, right? So oh, here is yeah. where that critical note that we have that Microsoft will no longer patch these um, Windows devices anymore, and and that is a concern within our industry, especially and within our customers. It's critical that everyone start their process of upgrading these legacy Windows devices as they as they are truly a risk, and they can easily become a vector of attack with which enables deliver their payload, whether it's to steal sensitive data or to disable your systems. Availability of your systems to affect the rest of your supply chain is critical. The other thing is that the less devices that you have to manage and the less of that operating system spectrum that you have to look at, it becomes easier for your people to manage these devices and this technology because the complexities of of managing Linux servers on one end and IoT devices on the other and, and keeping visibility and track of all these things into, into one unified 
team of experts is really the next frontier on this challenge. It's when you start to bring all the components together, as well as we're not even talking about the sensors that Stan can talk about on your team or Doug can talk about within Honeywell's operational intelligence and what kind of what kind of visibility you can get from this entire rounded out ecosystem. Again, the goal is like, well, how do you ensure worker productivity? How do you ensure that is one seamless environment that's easy to manage and not multiple tools because it can get not easy to manage real quick. And and I'll give you a a quick story around that, Todd. I I recently visited a a customer that, you know, they were asking about a, a phone being out there in a, you know, around the Chicago area you know, where, where it's really cold and these workers are having to take their gloves off to, to put in a, a long, complex password. And they said, look, we really can't have a security mandate when these guys have to take their gloves off in uh, negative degree weather, right? And it's really a function of, of finding the, the right kind of security controls for the right type of environment that you have for your customers, and and I think that's why it's so critical that uh, that companies like like Heartland and, and Honeywell have stepped into that advisor role to to kind of gauge what the customer's environment is like, and to to gauge if the security controls that need to be built in to that solution make sense for that customer and their environment, and people not having to take gloves off in negative uh, five degree Fahrenheit weather, right? You know, I. That is such a good point because it, at the end of the day, yes, we need to worry about cybersecurity and making sure things are secure, but the workers need to be productive. They need to get the job done. The you know folks in operation need to see boxes going out the door, uh, you know, trucks getting to the docks on time, all the things in retail that need to happen. That's what needs to happen. We don't need to make security happen. It needs to happen in the background, but, but that's a great story. I didn't even think about covering that, but I'm, I'm really glad you did. Cause that is a, that's a very important vantage point from what you're saying. Emil, man, thank you for joining us today on Optic Insights. It's been a pleasure having you join us today and talk to us about everything you shared. I have a pleasure to be here with you guys. Well, and I know Honeywell keeps very active with keeping everyone uh, up to speed with new updates and things that are happening. You can find some very good information on how to clean these devices for COVID, what kind of security controls are built in and why they're important, and, and so much more. Well, to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us on Optech Insights. This is your host, Todd Greenwald. If you have suggestions or things you want to hear more about, please feel free to shoot us a note and let us know what you want to know more about. Uh, Until then, this is Todd Greenwald once again with Optech Insights. Stay tuned for an upcoming episode real soon coming up on traceability in food.